It's time for episode 380 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, January 6, 2021. Clockwise for people, for tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where it's a new year, but it's the same old clock. I am your co-host, Dan Morin, and across the internet for me, sitting in for Micah Sargent this week, it is the co-founder and host emeritus of Clockwise, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Welcome back. Hi, Dan. We made that old clock. You and me, we made it. (laughs) We made the old clock, and it stuck around for this many years. (laughs) Still ticking. Still ticking. And this show is still ticking. And it's, of course, where we bring on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. This week, to my left, it is the very good friend, the editor, IT Pro Today, a podcaster at the incomparable writer of So What? Who Cares? It's Lisa Schmeiser. Welcome back, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. It's a pleasure to have you. And to my left... She's an analyst at Creative Strategies, and and with Lisa, the two favorite guests of the Dearly Departed Download <laughs> podcast, it's Carolina Milanese. Hello, welcome. Thank you very much. All right, I'm going to kick things off this week. Uh, Apple is apparently progressing on its virtual reality and augmented reality accessories, as we've heard in several reports, uh, with possibly a product even being announced as early as this year. I think I speak for all of us when I ask, what what is the killer app? Why are these things compelling? Are they compelling? Lisa, any thoughts on this? The killer app, I think for augmented reality, it's going to depend on the vendor. For example, I think Microsoft's killer app in the HoloLens space is going to be in augmented instruction, customer service, repair, uh, areas where you don't have easy access to desks or people like repairing or oil rigs or remote infrastructure someplace. However, Apple's not that kind of company, and I think its killer app is probably going to be tied into the health and watch ecosystem, so I wouldn't be surprised if you had an accessory that encouraged augmented health and fitness in some way, where you could be running on a treadmill, but, oh, it looks like you're running through Central Park, or... um, You're, you're, you know, oh, you, you think you're on a bicycle, you know, you're on a bicycle, but oh, you think you're doing the Tour de France. So fitness, my bet is on fitness and augmented reality. It'll tie into the rest of the Apple ecosystem that way. Yeah, this is a hard one. I just bought uh, an Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas. And so on the VR side, it's very clear that the answer is ping pong. That's like, that's <laughs> the answer. That's, that's what is the, it's amazing. Uh, in terms of augmented reality, I've been thinking about this too. Apple has so many kind of data overlays that they can provide. So like what if we imagine a world where we're kind of like moving around and have freedom of movement again and stuff like that, which I know is a big uh, thing to ask for right That's now, a but big stretch. but I, I keep thinking about all the work that Apple has done to increase the data in their new set of maps, mm-hmm. and I think about like walking around and getting turn, you know, getting walking directions and marking mm-hmm. up sort of like where things are around you, having a map overlay. I think that might be something that's that uh, could be uh, pretty nice in terms of AR. Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I struggle with it too, Dan. I, I think that Apple has a lot of like virtual objects in your real home kind of stuff. So you can walk around and put a chair somewhere and say, there is a chair. That's what it would look like there. And I don't know. I don't know if we found that quite yet. But I have to say, Lisa's suggestion of, of something fitness related, I wonder if maybe that's the trick to figuring out what Apple's going to go out with in terms of AR is what are the things that Apple has been hammering home on 
in terms of features for the last five years? Where are their priorities? Because chances are their priorities there will shape where they go with AR. It is fascinating, right? Because there's so many couches that you can try and fit below the to- uh, Tour Eiffel. Uh, we've done that, right? And uh, the other week, we are in the process of, of getting a, a new family pet. And uh, and so I used the Google AR uh, to actually uh, have an AR. We're getting a Sphinx. And so I had a little Sphinx moving in the room to see if the dogs would eat it or not, but they couldn't see it. So that didn't help. Um, I, I think the problem that we all struggle with, with figuring out what the killer app is, is that so far we haven't actually seen anything. Mm-hmm. And this is also very mm-hmm. personal in what speaks to people. I think from a VR perspective, entertainment for me is what is going to be more appealing. The idea of, in a way, democratizing the first row seat of whatever event you're going to, right? So the Mm -hmm. idea of being able to be there and interact with uh, either a sports event or a music event, uh, that is quite compelling and also because it's short. And, and I think the big problem with VR is I'm spending this money, you know, for a VR set, but I'm not actually playing for hours at end like I do with a console, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes, half an hour, and I move on. Um, from an AR perspective, I do think it's more augmenting reality as it should be. And so is either information like uh, you just were saying about maps and and relevant information as well, right? Is when I need it, where I need it. Or I like the idea that that Lisa put forward on on health. What if I have a VR, uh, sorry, an AR coach, an avatar of a coach that shows me, uh, you know, how I need to make my yoga stretches and whatnot instead of using a 2D image or something that, you know, it's helpful, but you always end up missing something. Yeah. Now, I think you, you, I think part of it is you glance right off it there with the dogs. What if it's AR for dogs? Like you put the goggles on them and then <laughs> they can see. Or what if it's AR for you? And then if you can't have a pet, you get an AR pet. I actually think I know yeah. a lot of people oh. who would be into that. Um, but I think it, Lisa. It's an AR Tamagotchi. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Cats. Can you imagine? You just like look at yourself and there's a cat always sleeping there. Exactly. But it doesn't have to, it doesn't shed or anything. That's great. Um, I think Lisa, you know, with the fitness stuff is, is kind of, you know, hitting the nail on the head here. That is clearly where Apple's put a lot of energy. I think the link-ins with things like Apple Fitness plus which you could take say on the go now right like you go and work mm-hmm. out outside but now you have your coach in your ear or in your glasses telling you mm-hmm. about like cues or stuff like that um i think i think the outside thing is kind of key because one thing that's come up a lot with the ar glasses is that there are a lot of people who don't wear glasses and asking them to do that may be something that's kind of tricky but if you formulate it as something closer to say sunglasses which most people are comfortable wearing outdoors then potentially Mm -hmm. there's more to get out of that there um so i think that's one big reason that fitness might be a big part of it and i think jason's right about the mapping thing too uh maybe they've maybe the fact that we have haven't had to go outside for so long has changed mm. how we feel about that. Uh, but good thoughts all around. I know we're all eager to see what Apple comes up with. Uh, let's go to our second topic, which comes from Lisa. All right. After a year of near continuous Zoom meetings and um, 
other other forms of video like teams it's pretty evident that video chat and video meetings are here to stay and i'm curious to find out what etiquette point what one etiquette point or best practice do you think everybody should know and or do when they are in video meetings with somebody else interesting um i would say before i get to my etiquette point i will throw out a technical point which is um Mm -hmm. turn on the lights people lights 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 (laughs) lights i need to see your face please not your background don't be a silhouette (laughs) do what you need to do turn on the lights the etiquette point is also a technical point which is um muting mute your audio I think yes. number one etiquette point is mute your audio when you're not talking. Like it's, it, I know it. I know this sounds obvious and it's super simple, but people don't do it. And in large groups, you know, everybody is always there's always somebody making a noise that's annoying um, at, at all times in a large enough group. It's not good. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a stream by this week that somebody wrote an app for the Mac that auto mutes your microphone when you're typing. Which I thought was such a clever idea because so much of what we get is typing noises, but you also get background noises and, you know, cats meowing to be let in and out and all sorts of other stuff, dogs barking. So that that's that, that's my simple etiquette. Uh, and the cats meowing is me. Uh, that's my simple etiquette point is, is just like, I have a little button because I'm a podcaster that lets me just sort of like mute and unmute. But uh, Zoom and all these other things, they all have like a keyboard shortcut to mute yourself. And many of them have a push to talk feature, which I think is also worth investigating, where literally when you want to talk, you hold down the space bar and then they can hear you and then you let go of the space bar and they can't anymore. I think that there's great just it's it's about respecting other people and um, not letting your garbage noises get in the way of what they're trying to say. <laughs> I am so with you, but for another reason. <laughs> what annoys me even more than the noise is the fact that when you're on a grid, if you're making noise, the um, the oh, picture yeah. in the mm-hmm. grid changes to you. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I see someone who's not saying anything or might not even be on camera, but is, you know, unmuted versus seeing the person who is talking or the, you know, if it's a group of people, the people that I want to focus on, that drives me mental. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's just a simple thing to because it's so hard to keep focus. So that's the reality of it, right? So that helps you uh, keep focus. I, I oh, think who, that's... who's doing that? Sorry, Carolina, I, I was typing something. Jason. I couldn't hear you over the typing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always a loud typist, right? It's always <laughs> that Jason. always happens too. Um, the other thing I would say that is uh, good <laughs> etiquette and, and just saves time is if you're in a meeting where your name is displayed, there's no real reason for you to say your name because <laughs> I can see it. And so just get into whatever it is that you want to say. Um, and lastly, if I can sneak one in, is mm-hmm. if it's a video call, please be on video. If you don't always have to be, if you're not talking, and that's the other thing, is like if it's people invite you, and it's more a briefing and you're not expected to talk, there's no reason for you to be on video. But if it's an interactive discussion, it's always harder when one or two people are not on video because it just changes the flow and they can't see you and, and all of that. And then get coaching like I did not to roll my eyes as much. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I, that may be taking a bridge too far. 
Um, I despair a little bit about the idea of muting, if only because I listen to every morning my my wife has a check-in call for her work, uh, like first thing in the morning, and people on that phone call still haven't mastered muting themselves. (laughs) It's like, this technology has been around for a long time. We're not that much better at it. Um, I would say, so my, my etiquette thing is kind of like on the, on the borderline for a technical thing. And and I think it's actually not as bad as it used to be. And that was going to be wearing headphones. I I think most common video clients now are actually gotten pretty good about canceling out like the, the echo and stuff like that. But you do still occasionally end up with sometimes like feedback, which can be very distracting, obviously, if not downright painful at times. Um, so I think a headphones is always one easy way to avoid that. And, you know, it's something that's not too onerous because most people have headphones for their phone or listening to music or what have you and sometimes that can make a really big difference in terms of uh, being on a video call um and i will say my other etiquette point on this which is perhaps kind of uh, undercutting the point of lisa's question was not everything has to be a video call not everything has to be an audio call some things can just be emails um so you know (laughs) maybe i know right now everybody's trying to replicate that experience of being in an office or being in a meeting where you're all sitting around a table talking to each other and the answer is sometimes those things are not necessary and you should find other ways of adapting to them so there's my tip for you lisa why don't you wrap this up for us All right, Bob. What I was going to say is it's always polite to share your pets on camera. (laughs) (laughs) So when your cat walks across the frame, pick it up so we can see its face. I don't want to see just the tail. Um, (laughs) But in terms of etiquette, I actually observe this with uh, watching my daughter's elementary school classes. And that is that the teacher has done a really good job with uh, starting and ending meetings by uh, making sure you know, for example, everyone camera on, microphones muted, and then she's like, we're going to finish in two minutes. So turn off your cameras and say goodbye. And I really think that it would not hurt adults in meetings to adapt the policy of, all right, we're starting the meetings, mute your microphones, cameras on, or we're ending the meetings, turn off your cameras, say goodbye. (laughs) Because I cannot tell you how many meetings I've been in where somebody thinks that they're done with the meeting. And I end up hearing half of a conversation about whose turn it is to do pre-algebra homework, or they start complaining about what they've just talked about. (laughs) It would be so easy to just have, we already say hello and goodbye. We can transpose this to meetings and begin them and end them in a way that keeps people from doing inadvertently awkward things. Nice. That's a good tip. I like it. All right. Two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by The IntraZone. Look, we, you, you're listening to a podcast right now. You probably like other podcasts. You probably like to find other podcasts to listen to. It can be a delight to find things that you can listen to while you're doing other stuff around the house or maybe daringly even taking a walk if you're looking for a new show to listen to the interzone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how microsoft sharepoint onedrive and related tech can work for you you'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field so you can see how sharepoint fits into your everyday work life they'll easily share and manage content knowledge and applications each show covers a bunch of segments like news and announcements a focus topic of the week guest perspectives faqs of the week and upcoming events And the topics for the shows are really interesting. Previous hosts have covered crisis management and working remotely, AI and machine learning, and cloud administration. 
Uh, I listened to an episode from last fall, which was a discussion with the uh, Special Olympics Canada, which was pretty interesting because, you know, they have obviously an organization with very specific kind of needs and they have to manage how everything works and organize it in a single location. Uh, And so they talked about a bunch of their experiences and how they've moved away from other tools like Dropbox and streamlining the content and conversation from their headquarters to their branch office. Plus, you know, everybody's dealing with the problems of working remotely these days and everything kind of touches on that. So go listen to it now. Just search for the interzone wherever you get your podcasts that's i-n-t-r-a-z-o-n-e or just click the link in the show notes go check it out our thanks to in the interzone by microsoft sharepoint for their support of this show and all of relay fm okay halftime has concluded and jason snell why don't you uh kick things off all right this is jason um oh should i not introduce myself do you already know <laughs> William said that that was a callback. Uh, New Year's <laughs> resolutions. It is 2021 and it's January and people do resolutions. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I really believe in New Year's resolutions, but I think it's worth after the year we had in 2020, possibly pondering how we use our technology and considering ways to change it in 2021. And, and so I'm not asking for a New Year's resolution, but I am asking each of you, is there some way that you've sort of set to yourself uh, that you're going to change how you use technology this year? Carolina? Wow. Um, it was a hard one, actually, to think about because I, I don't do New Year's resolution mostly, so I don't fail. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if it was 2020 or not. I actually noticed I've uh, when more analog last year. Um, so for instance, with books that I've been reading on an iPad for the longest time, maybe because I wasn't traveling, uh, I ended up buying way more real books than I ever done before. And I think that trend will continue in 2021. I think from a, from a technology perspective, the, the, the only thing I've been thinking about more is actually being better at leveraging the data that my technology is producing, um, that, you know, either being um, the aura ring that I wear. And, you know, I used to just look at how badly I was sleeping, but not really doing anything on it. So we have a wealth of information that that is given to us by all these different apps and and devices that we're using, but I don't know that I've been paying enough attention to the data. So I think that's more on me than not the technology to leverage that a bit better um, to get more out of it in mm. 2021. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a report making the rounds uh, the other day about you know the amount of time people probably in the U.S. spent on their phones in the past year and how much it had gone up. And so the person posting it pointing out, yeah, what else was there to do? Um, and I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for my part, I don't know that I have any specific sort of like how I want to use tech differently. I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, my, my wife and I bought a house in 2020. And though we still have not moved into that house because we're, we're renovating it, um, mm-hmm. I am planning on spending more time sort of, you know, integrating smart home tech in that. Um, because I, I have a decent amount in the apartment that I live in now, but obviously limited in terms of what I can actually do. So that's that's kind of one big thing. And then the other thing that's sort of like a corollary to that is is 
getting rid of a lot of tech crap that I have <laughs> lying around as, yeah. as someone who has yeah. done a ton of reviews and has you know, accumulated tons of technology over the past two decades. I realize I have all these things that I don't need. Like I've, I, and I, I cleaned out some stuff earlier this year. I threw a bunch of cables in a bin and I have not been able to get the bin out of the house and it's driving me bananas. <laughs> so definitely this year at some point I will get that bin out of the house. Lisa, what about you? So I love New Year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm actually, and and um, this is a little bit of a flex. I'm pretty good at keeping them too. So, <laughs> so. That um, does not surprise me. <laughs> it's not really nice to say. Thank you. <laughs> um, so mine are, I have two that seem a little bit slightly paranoid and one that seems really proactive. And the slightly paranoid ones, I need to make a tech emergency action plan for this year mm. in case we lose power or have an earthquake or wildfires. Um, and part of this resolution is prompted by watching what poor Jason has gone through when um, power has been turned off in Marin due to wildfires. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, I don't have the similar level of tech backup that you have in terms of uh, batteries or chargers or uh, how we'd even get online. So I need to put together my tech emergency action plan and buy whatever equipment is necessary. So we have that ready to go. And the second resolution I have for this year is to get a handle on all my stuff that's out in assorted cloud-based services. Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to f- I'd like to finally have all of my photos in one place. I still have a Flickr account. <laughs> and um I feel like it's time for that to sunset. My proactive one is I'm really hoping to stock up on Christmas lights. I've already got a couple smart plugs and smart strips in place and I want to do some really awesome holiday lighting later this year that I can run from my phone. Nice. So that's the big long-term plan is to just go all out for the front of the house, the trees, everything in in December this year and uh, use a nice app and a bunch of smart plugs to make it work so I'm not running around and plugging and unplugging things every night. Nice. Mm -hmm. I I don't have any really great ones here. Um, I'm going to try to use the standing position in my standing desk a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, now that I have an M1 MacBook Air, I'm also going to try to not come out into my office as much on like the weekends and stuff, which I do now um, because something that I've already liked with my iPad and I'm hoping to also take advantage of with the, the new MacBook Air is having the ability to sort of be, even if I'm working, be around my family who is mm-hmm. largely trapped in our house uh, a little bit more uh, with some of the stuff that I do, even though it is work stuff, which before I kept a, a much more strict sort of like, I know it seems kind of counterintuitive to say I want some of my work stuff to spill out into the uh, living space, but I think that there are certain contexts where that's better than me just not being yep. present because I'm out in the workspace. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm trying to apply that technology. And yes, stand, I, I have a sit-stand desk. I want to stand a little bit more. That'll be good too. All right, we have one topic left. Carolina, what is yours? A lot has changed in 2020 because of COVID um, technology and other things. But with that also came the fact that technology companies had to continue to sell us stuff uh, and market that stuff to us. I was curious, what are your pet peeves? What are the (laughs) things that from an ad and marketing perspective you really about how they were pitching products at you. Oh my God. It, there was a fantastic supercut someone did back in the early days of the pandemic where showing how all the ads were the same on TV. 
and like <laughs> it was hilarious but i think if i could do anything it would be to put a moratorium on the the phrase in these trying times and i know oh. i've written it i've done it it's a thing but i also you know i don't need to be reminded uh, reminded is not even the right word i don't need a corporation telling me how much they care about me i know they don't right like yeah. <laughs> and i understand advertising is going to be a lot of times where they're just trying to tell us how great they are and how much they really care about us but all they care about is my money let's just be honest about this the ads that i tend to enjoy are ads that tend to be funny or entertaining or in some way or take my mind off the difficulties of all the things i'm doing now i know that i have yeah. to spend money on certain goods and i know that I am going to spend money on certain goods. I just don't need to be told that it's out of some sense of compassion that these people are selling me this product because it's not true. <laughs> Lisa? So we've spent a lot of time watching Hulu this past year and uh, because my Hulu subscription is thrown in with my Spotify premium subscription, which means I have ads. And um, I wish there were a way to either better target the ads on Hulu or have a hard limit on how many times you can see one specific ad. Oh, yes. Because um, I feel like I've seen a few progressive ads possibly hundreds of times. And there was one ad for Kaiser Permanente where when it began playing, um, my daughter, who was in another room and playing on her tablet at the time, began reciting along with it. Because <laughs> 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 it had worn itself into the groove of her brain so deeply. She was like, at 90, Celia Cruz was still, you know, wowing crowds or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is not good. Um, Hulu knows what we're watching. They have a whole record on us. Why Why can't the ad targeting technology be better, is, is mm-hmm. my contention. Or why can't they just say, okay, you've seen the progressive video conferencing ad where Mara talks all the way through the presentation approximately three dozen times. We're taking that out of rotation for you for a month. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> dare to dream. Dare to dream. Oh, it's not going to yes. happen. They're going to just show you that same ad over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. For me... And I know I just said that I, I bought uh, an Oculus Quest too for for Christmas because I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of in terms of marketing, what I can't stand honestly is the Facebook logo. I don't Facebook's ads are so terrible, and <laughs> and they have no they they come in two classes. There's the very much what Dan said in these difficult times. <laughs> Uh, the blue lo- <laughs> Facebook cares about you and and takes We're everything very seriously. Voice. And the footnote is, of course, they don't. They, no. they, they they really don't. And this is all a lie to get you off their back because they do so many bad things and every regulator in the world is coming for them. But they're like, no, it's very serious. And then the other ad that Facebook does is the wacky celebrities really enjoy that Facebook camera that can pan around the room and see everything in your house. <laughs> oh, and I hate uh, that ad. Hard, hard no for that one. So, uh, yeah, the Facebook, I, if there's a Facebook ad, I cannot stand it and it must go away. I can um, sympathize with that. <laughs> I think in general, for me, 2020 was in marketing, particularly there was COVID on one side and uh, social impact on the other, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the part that uh, annoyed me most about the COVID uh, side is that false idea of sen- selling you products that um, make your work and life balance better. There's no balance, people. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not a balance. Um, you know, I've been, I've been talking about the blend between work and, and life because I think that mm-hmm. 
if you get your head into the idea of a blend versus a balance, you're, you're kind of do a, a good service to your liver mm-hmm. and, and mental health, uh, in not trying to find that, that balance that doesn't exist. And on the social responsibility side, the, the part that annoyed me the most was, uh, all those brands that were very quick at posting their, uh, black square uh, in support of Black Lives Matter, but don't have one single person of color mm-hmm. on their board, mm-hmm. on their, you know, um, senior leadership uh, team, and are not planning to anytime soon. Yeah. All right. That's four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic today. So I'll ask you all, just out of curiosity, do you tend to have the same thing for breakfast and lunch every day? Or is, is it different every day? Do you spice it up? Lisa? I do have the same thing for breakfast on weekdays so that weekends can feel like a treat. Mm. Um, and with lunch, it pretty much comes down to what leftovers do we have or what am I in the mood for? So lunch is a little bit of an, oh, surprise me moment. Nice. My uh, my breakfast is generally the same. And uh, I guess Lisa set the precedent here, precedent here. You didn't actually ask what it was, did you? You just asked if it was different. That's it's mostly the same, mm-hmm. but occasionally it's different. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> Ask an answer. Caroline? I have a, a workout breakfast and non-workout breakfast. Mm. And then lunch very much depend on whatever my daughter does not say no to uh, <laughs> and the time that I have. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, like Lisa, I tend to have the same thing for breakfast every day except for weekends because then, then you get to feel special. You get a little treat. Mm-hmm. And uh, lunch tends to be the same thing for me every day unless there are leftovers or something that needs to be finished up. All right, that's it. That's the end of the show. All we have left to do is to thank our fantastic guest this week, Lisa Schmeiser. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I hope that one of your resolutions for 2021 is to have me on more often. (laughs) Always. (laughs) And Carolina Milanese, Happy New Year, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And Jason, thank you for sitting in this week for Micah. Much appreciated, and I'm sure we will be seeing you again before 2021 is out. I made the clock. I've got a back door. I can always, I can appear <laughs> whenever I want. door in the clock? You know what? I'm not even going to ask. All right, Except we'll be the, back. It's to wind it. We'll be back <laughs> next week. But until then, we remind all of you listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.